You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 35 West Shelton Avenue. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.church. All right. We're going to read the story of the shepherds and consider it together. I'm sitting here with you all to help complete the circle. Um, Start here. We're going to be reading in Luke chapter 2 in the NRSV version. And I'm going to get us started. So follow along with me. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. This is a time of year when many of us return to our hometowns, our our homeland, so to speak. Um, It's probably for a potluck or a gift exchange more than anything like the ancient taxation purposes that Luke gives us in his gospel for the context of this story. But um, still, returning to our roots can bring up a lot of stuff. Our family line and our hometowns carry a lot of meaning. So revisiting old, familiar places, relationships, and memories as a different person can bring up tension, maybe between who we used to be and who we are now. So anyone feeling conflicted about family dynamics at this time of year, whether because you are with your family or because you are not, Um, might pause over the fact that Mary is a pregnant, unmarried teenager. Let's appreciate that for a moment. Joseph is bringing his pregnant fiancé, whom he could have had stoned for adultery, back to his hometown. That's complicated enough, and, and here they arrive with no place to stay. Folks whose families have rejected or condemned them um, may have no place to stay this holiday season either. If you're unwelcome to sleep under the same roof as your family, you may find comfort with Jesus who, um, this Christmas, who is unwelcomed too. Mary and Joseph are unwelcomed. After they travel 85 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem, to register in Joseph's hometown. Here they are on their way, uh, depicted on their way through a rocky landscape. Mary has climbed down from the donkey, perhaps afraid of riding down such a perilous uh, ankle-breaking slope there. Joseph looks weary. He's helping her along with all his loving kindness. 
We can't really see how far along she is in her pregnancy, but Joseph's actions um, suggest how pregnant she is. From the start of the Gospel of Luke, the context that they are under is the oppression, oppressive power of Rome. Caesar is taxing everyone. It, cost, it was a cost for them to go the extra mile, or 85 miles, for Mary and Joseph to arrive. Literally, there is no room for them in a flooded city with people because the oppressive power of the Roman Empire. And all they could do is find a stable for shelter. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place in the guest room. I don't know how long they li were living in this outdoor stable, but Luke says the time came, which could be just storytelling language, but it seems to indicate that some time had, had passed. So I wondered how long, how long was it before she actually gave birth? And how long did it take them to travel to get there? I imagine that is a lot of nights sleeping out outdoors. It's a long time to be unsettled and to hold on to who you are and what's happening inside of you in the midst of lots of transition. Now, in that same region, there were shepherds living in the fields. While Mary and Joseph are on this journey, they are sleeping on the same ground as the shepherds in the hills. They're not far apart. It says, in the same region, surrounded by the same animals, Mary and Joseph in a stable, the shepherds under the sky with their sheep. Living in the fields, the shepherds were keeping watch over their flock by night. The shepherds lived this rugged, dirty ex existence, keeping someone else's property alive and well. They tend for the animals that are not even their own. They are not well respected or honored. It's not a position in society that's given much uh, regard. And they are literally outside the city, living in the fields, keeping watch at night for predators and guarding their sheep. I doubt they expected good news in the middle of the night. They expected the possibility of predators sneaking in to attack their resting flock. So I imagine they're on their guard for danger. They're ready to fight and defend. You might feel on alert or on the defense too. Humans are wired to be on guard against threats and there have been plenty particularly in the last three years. I know many people who are having trouble resting well, prepared for the worst, laying at night thinking about what could happen, what has happened. So if that's you, just notice that. Without condemnation, just notice that you have had enough experiences to condition you to the threats that are out there. The shepherds 
protect the sheep this way. It's, it's the nature of their work and survival. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. The glory of the Lord shone around them. I've always pictured this as a chorus of angels lighting up the sky, and the chorus is coming. But before that, Luke says that the glory of the Lord shone around them. The glory of the Lord was revealed. This is a manifestation of God to the shepherds, right here on the hillside. And in the presence of the glory of God, they were terrified. No wonder. But the angel was bringing surprising good news. Salvation and rescue and deliverance is coming. God is actually looking out for them and for all people. This God who is coming in human form identifies with the lowly shepherds. The psalmist says in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd in whom I lack nothing. This God chose to bring the shepherds good news. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all people. To you this day, in the city of David, a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among whom he favors. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts. Then the shepherds see the heavenly forces. This is a shocking display of God's power. A whole heavenly army is singing peace on earth. Their message is the opposite of earthly power, of violence and control and oppression. They sing glory to God instead of glory to Caesar. These angels are a force of opposition to the political and the economic powers of fear and oppression. Glory to God who brings peace on earth. Then the angels, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. And Mary treasured all these things, all these words, and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard, just as it has been told to them. They had to see for themselves what the angels were so joyful about. They went with haste. Their curiosity could not be contained or um, satisfied by merely wondering about it there on the hillside. 
this wild announcement called them to go. They had to go with their bodies to see the source. Jesus, later in his ministry, Jesus and his uh, disciples often told people to come and see when others asked them to explain what God was doing. They would say, come and see. It was an invitation to relate to the living God. The fullness of God's humanity elicits the fullness of our humanity. So the shepherds had to go and see. And they found God in their own context. The shepherds were very familiar with the animal feeding trough that, the baby, that held the baby. They didn't have to go to a royal palace or get cleaned up or pretend that they weren't who they really were. In all of their breathless excitement, they just wanted to see him. When they saw this, they made known what had been told to them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. The shepherds returned to their regular work of sheep herding, no doubt on the same hillsides, but I can't imagine that it was the same anymore because they were different. They were glorifying and praising God now not because of the songs and the music and the good feelings or the beautiful liturgies that uh, we might be tempted to make, to think, um, make up Christmas. The shepherds had hope. The Messiah was here. God was initiating something that was much bigger than what they, uh, much bigger than them, but they were included in it. Their struggle, their longing, the difficulty, the oppression in which they lived could change. It was changing. I'm sure they faced all the same problems and challenges in their lives that they faced before, but I imagine that they saw them in a different light now that they had seen Jesus. They knew that God could be counted on to keep promises. God's work is beyond what we, what we feel about our everyday work. God is doing something much bigger. And the fact that the revelation of God in the world comes by shifting from the centers of power to among whom power is not expected, from the economic and political rule of the Roman Empire to from the city and the leaders of religious and political life out to the fields to the poor, to those outside the system. We saw this last week as Tess talked to us about Mary, too. The whole of God's truth doesn't manifest even in one person, even in the one who carried Christ in her body, doesn't fully understand the extent of what's happening I think the shepherds were part of this revelation for her. The shepherds come and confirm and reveal even more. Luke says that Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. Something's processing within her. She's holding on to it. She's piecing together, I think, within herself the enormity of what's happening. 
The angels bring more of that clarity to the shepherds, and the shepherds bring it to her by showing up unexpectedly to meet the child. The shepherds experience their own revelation, and they share what they saw and heard. What does that mean about how God works? The revelation of God in the world comes by shifting from the center of power to among whom power is not expected. The shepherds remind us to take in other people's truths, to ponder what they see and know. We come to know God more fully that way, especially for those of us with a social position that offers us uh, privilege, proximity to power. God's revelation comes through those outside the system. May we humbly listen to hear God's message of good news for all. God's reign and rule may require different things from each of us, but it is good news and hope for all people. Let's take a moment to be silent and um, just notice what's staying with you, what questions come up, what things you heard or perhaps didn't hear that you wish were said, and then you'll have time to talk back. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected, visit circleofhope.church. You can also find us on Instagram or Facebook at circleofhopenet.com.